On today's episode of the Korea Pact podcast, I talk about the five quotes that really changed my life and gave me a really different perspective on everything that I'm doing. If you guys have been enjoying the recent episodes, make sure you guys follow, share it with a friend, and check us out on all our socials at the Korea Pact podcast. We've been posting a lot more content on there, so make sure to check us out. And let's get into today's episode. Enjoy. Yo, 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 what is going on, guys? Uh, welcome back to the Korea Packs podcast, episode number 38. My name is Neil Patel. I am your host of this pod, and welcome. Today's episode is another good one, something that I haven't seen many people talk about, especially on podcasts. I know a lot of people tweet about it, a lot of people make videos on it. But I wanted to make my podcast about this today. So uh, for those of you who are new, um, again, welcome. I'm doing something pretty cool. An episode every single day for 365 days straight. And again, quick disclaimer for like in terms of quotes, you know, for me, this is something that does get me going. It gives me a dope perspective on life. And it's honestly just subtle but powerful reminders for my specific life. Um, if you guys have something for yourself that works and you guys get motivated by it, that's great. But the reason I wanted to talk about this today is because um, reading quotes and reading people's writing, their their beliefs on what life is and what life isn't, all of those things for me is just really, really helpful for my life because it... It makes me feel like I have some sort of direction and I'm evaluating my life and reflecting on it as I should be. So, and I, and I think the reason the reason I even wanted to make today's podcast is because uh I read a lot of tweets, I read a lot of um, you know, articles, books, all those types of things. Honestly, not enough. Not enough, but I do need to read more, but I feel like I do read a good amount. And anytime people tell stories, anytime people are doing podcasts, they always like throw in like these interesting quotes and interesting reminders of life that kind of hit home, are deep, and they kind of just make you stop and think. So I made a list of five quotes that changed my life. These quotes are pertaining to things that obviously I struggle with. And when I reiterate them to myself almost on a daily basis, I get a sense of peace and it gives me some sort of calmness just knowing that it's going to be okay and that everything this too shall pass. That's one of my favorite quotes as well, but I didn't throw that in here on this one because I have way too many quotes. So these five are the ones that I really resonate with and I enjoy saying them to myself over and over and over again. And this this is also pretty funny because I'm pretty energetic for this episode because this is the first podcast that I'm recording standing up. I know that may sound a little bit weird, but I've been either sitting in a chair, sitting in front of a computer or like sitting on the ground 
pretty much for all of the past 37 episodes. This is the first one because I finally got like one of those um, boom arms. I don't know. to like hold the mic and stuff. So I was going to record this sitting down, but I was like, F it. Let me just stand up, see if it helps me enunciate better, speak a little bit better. I don't think it's working, to be honest, but oh, well. Okay, so let's get into the first quote. Here's the quote. Be kind in your tone. Be ruthless in your actions. This one hits deep for me because I've not been the best at delivering the things that I have to say all the time, whether it's with friends, family, cousins, just anyone that's close to me, coworkers. I struggle with being not kind, but how to say something to someone in a way that won't offend them, that won't hurt them, or uh, saying something that's like super real, open, and honest. I'm not always the best at that. So being kind in my tone, I just try to come, when I talk to people, I try to say things in a way that I'm coming off as a kind person that has good intentions and I don't mean any harm. And then that second half of the quote is be ruthless in your actions. That part for me is like whatever whatever you're doing in your life, you want to make sure that you're taking ruthless action towards it. And being kind in your tone means, yes, have good intentions, say things to people in a way where it lets them know what you're up to, but not so much in the sense because your actions will speak for themselves. So be kind in your tone. Talk to people in a good way. Be nice to them. Respect them. Don't tell them too much. Let your actions do the talking. I don't know if you guys are aware of who Gary Vee is, but he's another person that I follow really not as much actually anymore, but I do follow him here and there. I used to follow him a lot more like four or five years ago, but he has this great quote where he goes, um, be ruthless action. I don't, this is not a quote for quote, but um, he believes that in the micro, you want to take immense action and go super fast and act with speed. But in the macro, be super patient in the process. So whatever whatever you're doing right now, just take action after action after action super quickly and do as much as you can right now. But when you back out and zoom out in the macro, just enjoy the process and do it for a long period of time because being patient is what's important when you zoom out. So that's the first one. Be kind in your tone. Be ruthless in your actions. You know, I struggled with talking to people nicely. I do that now. And I used to always tell everyone more than I needed to. So be kind in your tone. Let them know, hey, I'm, I'm coming from a good place. and I'm being respectful. But at the same time, don't give off too much because your actions and how you carry yourself and what you're doing with your life will speak for itself. So be kind in your tone. Be ruthless in your actions. The second one, it goes like this. If you live for the cheers, you will die by the booze. Man, this one was, I heard this when I was just, I was scrolling TikTok uh, before I went to sleep one day and this quote came up. I forgot who it was by, but 
this one really resonated because if you die or excuse me, if you live for the cheers, you will die by the booze. Everything we should do, I think we do it because it's the next right step, not for a cheer or for a boo. This hit home because I've mentioned this on a lot of podcasts beforehand was I told that high school basketball story, I think it was a couple episodes ago, where whatever I was trying, whatever I did or whatever I was trying to do on the court, I was trying to do it so people would cheer. And that's all I cared about. People would root me on, people would see how good I am, all of those things. And I essentially, I did die by the booze because whenever someone told me, even if it was my own coaches, whenever they told me that I had to do better at this or you're not doing this or you suck or you're not good at this or you got to get better at this by 10x, all of those things, they ate me alive because those were the quote unquote booze. They were the things that would bring me down. And they did because I was living only for the good. And that was the first example that popped into my head off the, you know, off the top of the dome was with high school i think i think some i think now with just how i carry myself in my day-to-day life this is something that's worked for me is i just try to do the thing that's next right step so for example with this pod i know the next right step was to be be very very meticulous about you know posting more content Right. And it sucks. I, you know, sit there sometimes for five, 10 minutes thinking what someone is going to say about the stuff I post. But then I remember, hey, just do it because it's the next right step. Don't do it because you're looking for good feedback or bad feedback or whatever it is. Just take the action because it is the next right step. Everyone in life, there's going to be people who like us people who don't like us and that's perfectly okay because it doesn't matter if they like you or if they don't like you i believe that people in silence when they see what you do they will either respect you or not respect you so i care about the respect not about whether they like me or don't like me at least that's my approach so if you live for the cheers you will die by the booze before I move on to the next one, I think I think this one's, uh, as I'm thinking about it, is a little bit relevant to me doing this podcast right now is because I do this every single day, right? And I'm on this mission to record a podcast for 365 days straight. When I look into my analytics and I see that, oh, many people aren't watching or this only gets like 5 or 10 or 15 plays. Sometimes that is a little bit hard to see. It's like, hey, man, like I'm putting so much work into this and I'm not getting the amount of people watching it that I want to. And it's easy to get caught up in being down. And I have had those times where I'm down because not enough people engage with it or I don't get any responses to certain things. But when I take a step back and just refocus on why I'm doing this, what it's for, and my impact that I'm trying to have, you know, 10, 15, 30 years down the line, it puts everything into perspective because 
these are the days, these are the things that I'm doing that I will always remember moving forward. And sometimes I post these to, you know, look for a cheer or look for some sort of feedback. And if I don't get that, it's easy to get down. But this quote is something, you know, that reminds me of it. If you live for the cheers, you will die by the booze. So just do the thing because you have to do the thing because it's the next right step. Number three, anger is not impressive or tough. It's a mistake. It's a weakness. I remember episode five when I talked about is anger killing you? And it killed me for a really long time. Very big part of my life, actually, because I struggled all, all my childhood, my high school years, college years, even now sometimes. And this one for me is important because I've seen anger be a dominant force in the lives of my parents, my grandparents. And because of that, being someone who's always angry all the time. It was a part of my life, too. So nowadays, I'm trying to focus on obviously keeping this quote in mind and just doing things with a clear mind or trying to, at least. My sister and I, it's funny, we we were talking not too long ago and I was just sharing with her, you know, some of the things that have been going on at home and, you know, just what we, well, not now, but like, in, in previous years, like all the stuff that we had went through to be where we are at right now. And for those of you who are new that are listening, my sister's 10 years older than me. Um, I'm 21. She's 32. So she's like 10 and a half, 11 years older than me. But she sent me this text and it goes, um, I don't remember word for word, but it was along the lines of like, hey, this is enough. We ha- like we are going to change the dynamic of our um, upbringing and the type of kids that we raise in this world because I don't she was like I don't want my kids to be around people who are angry people who are hurt people who are just always focusing on the negative and she was like it stops with you and I because we are going to make the change to be the people who don't get angry who live life within reason and logic and do things that are fun have good energy and just stay positive. So that was a pretty cool moment that I had with her <clears throat> in regards to this whole anger thing and just things that have gone on in our lives because we've seen a lot of things and it's made us into who we are as people. And I think it's super cool because event, uh, essentially anger is a weakness and it's a mistake. You know, some people, you know, resort to violence. Some people resort to verbal abuse. Um, and I've been there. And anytime I do get angry or frustrated over the little things, I try to remember that, dude, you just did something that was super weak and it's a mistake that you have to avoid. And it's not tough. It's not impressive. It's not anything. It just shows a sign of weakness within yourself. And when I tell myself that, even though it's harsh, it lets me know that there's room for growth there's room for improvement and being angry is not going to do anything it just 
delays the process of you getting over something. So, yeah. <laughs> it's not impressive or tough, man. It's just a weakness. Number four, the best revenge is to not be like your enemy. <laughs> the, um, the best revenge is to not be like your enemy. Not everyone is going to like you, again, and like lowering yourself down to the level of you know the person who is giving you some pushback or is angry at you or doesn't like you and if someone says something to hurt you and if you say something back to hurt them like you're just as bad right that's what i fundamentally believe so just don't be like them so that's what i try to incorporate into my life and something that has worked for me because I'm sure there's people who are listening to this pod or who know of me doing this pod and they may not like me, but hey, that's cool because I'm not going to spend my time responding to someone else who doesn't like what I'm doing. So that's perfectly okay. And this, I think this happens a lot in obviously relationships. Um, it happens a lot in the workforce where we have someone that we don't like and they do some shady shit to us and we try to do some shady shit back. Someone writes a um, an email that is like passive aggressive telling us to like get our shit together and saying that you haven't been doing X, Y, Z and you try to write an email back that's just as passive aggressive or just as symbolic of them not doing something that they should be doing and it's like it really doesn't get us anywhere just be the bigger per like i i try to remind my remind myself to just be the bigger person <clears throat> and just try to do what's right all right <clears throat> and the last one this last one is my favorite one my favorite quote and i have some symbolic figures associated with this quote which is why I really do like it. And the quote goes like this. Interested people watch obsessed people change the world. I'm going to say it again. Interested people watch obsessed people change the world. Now, I know some of you guys listening don't have the intentions or wants or even care to change the world. And that is perfectly okay because it's not for everyone. Everyone just wants to live a life of peace and exist and you know donate to charity make a good living help out the people around them and their families and that's perfectly okay i like to have a belief and ideas that are a little bit bigger right sure i want to stay realistic at some point in my life but it's never a bad thing to dream big and the way I break this quote down is that everyone is interested in a lot of things. Everyone is interested in, I don't know, making making a lot of money. Everyone is interested in starting their own business. Everyone is interested in um, buying this thing or buying that thing or wanting to have this type of impact in this way. Everyone is interested in a lot of things, but... Your actions are what determine the result because the people who are obsessed, the people who are doing 10 times more than you at 
the speed much faster than you, those are the ones that will eventually have that success and the people who will actually get the result. Because just because you're interested in thing in something, it doesn't mean that you'll actually do the work backing it to have the success that you want. I was interested in making content a couple years ago, right? Now, I know the content is probably shit, but it's always shit when you're starting out. So I was interested in it. I wanted to do it. I thought it was, excuse me, I thought it was cool until I really started doing it. And then when I started doing it, I realized the amount of work it took. And I, I'm, I'm getting to a point slowly but surely where this pod, what I'm doing, what I'm trying to do is what's on my mind almost like it takes up like 80% of my brain capacity sometimes. I don't know how I got that number, but it takes up a big portion of my brain and what I'm thinking about. So I'm getting to a level of obsession because if you're not obsessed about what you're doing, then you're just someone who's interested. And that's okay. Being interested is perfectly fine. Not everyone could be obsessed over everything. But this quote, it means a lot to me because it just helps you break the belief of what you are actually thinking and what your limits are. Um, and it helps you break those limiting beliefs to think a lot bigger. Not everyone's like that. Big disclaimer, not everyone is like that. But for me, it helps me keep going it helps me keep pushing and the two people that i think are ultra obsessed at whatever they're doing at what they are doing it, the first one of course we all know elon musk right elon musk i don't know if many people know about this and you know he's a big public figure so it's easy to have an assumption about him you know some people like him a lot of people don't that's okay but what he essentially did was he he built a company that he built like i think he was one of the founders of PayPal and when he was starting that company up and he was working on it endlessly it took up all of his time and when he sold i don't know when he sold his equity um in PayPal or I don't know if it was a company that was it was a name of of a company that was before um maybe like PayPal acquired them whatever it is but all I know is that he got a payout of 180 million dollars from that company that they sold so he said he can either go all in on Tesla oops sorry he said he could go either all in on Tesla or all in on SpaceX and that he would have, I think he said he needed like a hundred something million dollars for getting things started with Tesla and the other money he needed to obviously build a rocket and invest in that. He took that entire $180 million, I think it was somewhere around there. He took all of that money and put it half into Tesla and half into SpaceX. He was so determined in making both of those companies work that if he didn't he would have gone broke and he would have lost all of that money how many people do you know that 
would get $180 million and use all of that money towards building other companies and taking massive risks. I don't know anyone other than, of course, the Elon Musks of the world, the Bezoses of the world. And there's one other name that I will tell you after this, but he took all that money and put it into both of his companies. Both companies now are immensely, immensely successful. Of course, we all know Tesla worth hundreds of billions of dollars. Same thing with SpaceX. It's worth, I think, in the tens of billions or even hundreds of billions. I don't know. But they're both incredible, incredible companies. There's been interviews where he's said he works 18-hour days. He sleeps at his engineering factory for Tesla and SpaceX. He literally spends days on end at the facilities trying to help the engineers out, help the manufacturers out, help the people who do design, help the people in sales and pushing all the product, like all of that stuff, because he at the core is an engineer. Elon Musk is an engineer. And he took his engineering ability to build these two incredible companies. And he is hyper, hyper obsessed over what he's doing. All the money that he takes or he makes just goes into both of his companies and growing them. And I think this is honestly kind of a hot take, but I think that's a big thing that people kind of get misconstrued is that they think that all of these big time CEOs are just like sitting on hundreds of billions of dollars in their bank accounts and just like living these crazy lavish lifestyles. Like sure, some are, but the people who are hyper obsessed over building things and building companies, like for example, Elon Musk, they take that money and put it right back into the business and work that much more to grow it because their mission isn't just money. Their mission is building something cool for the future generations after they're gone. So Elon Musk is the first example. The second one is um, he's a really big YouTuber. His name is Mr. Beast. I don't know if you guys know who he is or even you know care about this, but he is 24 years old and at the age of 14, I believe, like I think he started first started making YouTube videos when he was 11 or 12 years old. And then at the age of 14 through I think 17 or 18 for three years straight, he had a group of three other friends who would get on Skype calls every morning at 7 a.m. and be on those calls for 15 hours straight. And then just go to sleep, wake up, do it again. And they did that for three years straight. And all they did was study YouTube, study why one thumbnail works better than the other, study why this cut over here in this video will help audience retention and it'll help people click the video more, why this title works 10 times better than this title, why having a, sh a, having a shot like this versus having a shot like this will engage the it will engage the viewer that much more. So they did all of those mini tasks and all of those things down to the core detail to master how to make a good YouTube video. He did that for three, four years. And after he did that, he started using that formula to make bigger and better videos with bigger ideas and better execution. What is that? 10 years later, now at the age of 24, he has on his main channel, a close to 120 million subscribers and throughout all of his channels combined close to over 200 million subscribers. And that is just a crazy number. 
And this guy from YouTube alone makes upwards of like 50 to $60 million just from AdSense, not including the brands, not including the sponsorships, all that. But in multiple interviews, he's always saying how he takes all of that money. He takes all of that money and reinvests it into making the best YouTube videos ever. That's all he cares about. Anytime someone asks, hey, what do you do with the money? Hey, what are your goals for the future? Hey, where do you see this in 10 years? All he cares about, and it's always the same answer. I just want to make the best YouTube videos possible. And it's this idea of being hyper-obsessed and hyper-focused over a mission. And this dude probably makes like, take home probably like 5 to $10 million every month. And he uses that money to just make better videos. Every single video. Every single video of his almost gets like 50 to 100, 150 million views. Every time. Engagement is out the roof. That's all he's focused on is making good YouTube videos. And that's all he's cared about ever since he started getting this amount of engagement and people following him. So I highly recommend you check out his videos because you will legitimately not want to click off. That is how good his videos are. And I have a bonus one. I have a bonus quote that I actually got from my therapist um, a while back. And he said this. He said, life is too short for tight shoes. <laughs> this one, it, it just stuck with me. Um, like whenever I'm having like a bad day or trying to do something that, again, is unnatural to me. And I, it's not what I'm about. He's like, he said, you know, life is too short for tight shoes. And that just means to have fun. Stop worrying so much. Don't stress so much. Even though it's hard to do that, I, I try to just laugh when I'm having a hard day. So whether it's like watching funny YouTube videos or um, hanging out with people that'll make me laugh and have a good time, all of that, because just do things that you enjoy often. This pod, I enjoy it and I'm doing it often, every single day. So because at the end of the day, life is too short for tight shoes. So yeah, guys, that is my six quotes that changed my life and i hope this was something of value i'll run through the five quotes one more time the first one be kind in your tone be ruthless in your actions be obsessive over action in the micro and be super patient in the macro number two if you live for the cheers you will die by the booze not everyone is going to like you so just do the next right thing take the next right step don't do it to try to get the emotion of a yay or a nay. And don't get too up or down. Number three, anger is not impressive or tough. It's a mistake. It's a weakness. Struggled all my life with it. And I used to be an angry, angry person. I don't think I'm like that anymore. And I'm still working on things. But anger is not tough or it's not impressive. It just makes you look weak. Number four, the best revenge is to not be like your enemy. There are people who are going to push us down, legitimately hate on us, and try to sh like tear your heart out. That's okay, because don't ever be the person to do the same things to that exact person again. Because you just stoop down to their level. That's not important. Just stay calm. Just don't do that. <laughs> the next one, my favorite one. Interested people watch obsessed people change the world. 
you can be interested in things, but if you don't have an obsession over something, then it's going to be hard to be ultra successful at it. If that's your goal, if your goal is not to do that, that's perfectly fine. And the bonus one, life is too short for tight shoes. Just have fun, smile, and do things that you really enjoy. Do them often, have cool experiences, all that stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on episode number 38 of the Korea Pact podcast. Um, the Gentleman's Agreement, something that I do at the end of every single pod. For those of you who are new, uh, the Gentleman's Agreement is the following. I give you guys a pod every single day, no matter what I got to do. It'll be on a podcasting platform at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time every single day. That's my end. Your end of the agreement is just as important. Number one, follow this pod on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps me out. Number two, give it a five-star rating because I would really appreciate you if you do give it a five-star rating. I don't like having my heart broken in anything under five stars. I consider my heart to be broken. But hey, that's okay. It's a part of life. You move on. And last but certainly not least, share this pod with someone who may get some value out of the quotes that I presented today and even if it helps you share with someone that you may think can get something out of this and if there's no one that's cool but to share it with someone so yeah as i always say guys just make sure you guys take care take care of yourself tell someone that you love them and just go do something nice for someone because you never know how much it may mean to them Thank you so much, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Peace out, and take care.